All right, man, as everyone's favorite bird guy says, I'm Jason Lindgren, the co-host of Crow 777 Radio, and I'm going to be sitting in for both Crow and myself today. Crow is taking a very needed break, and very well-deserved in my opinion, just for a day or so, let him chill and just rest, because he really needs it. But anyway... Wayne McCroy is actually going to sit in with me here today uh, to, to, to play the co-host part. So, Wayne, welcome aboard. Well, good to be here, Jason. I don't know if I could fill your shoes, but I will certainly endeavor to do my best. Well, I appreciate that very much. But anyway, yeah, Crow's fine. Uh, he just was really feeling burned out, as he's been saying to me quite a few times. And um, I said, man, just take a day off. I gotcha. And Wayne is always around to help us out. So that's where we're at with that. Crow is fine. He will be back with us this week, of course. Our episode being released on Thursday is with Alphonse. It was really good. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what people think of that. And we're going to be doing a follow-up with Alphonse uh, very quickly. on uh, Hopefully on the role of the governor and whether or not they overstepped their bounds their their means their legalities however you want to say it with the whole recent situation and uh, only one state really had the gall their the government i should say only had one there's only one state that did it let me see if i can word this correctly uh to stand up to the governor and that was if i remember correctly wisconsin and they said hey governor no 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 you do not have the right to do this kind of thing. And I think I think that the more states should have done that, and I'm definitely disappointed that more states didn't. I know that the uh, House legislature here in Louisiana was drafting something, and I guess that enough stuff opened that they didn't push it further. That was the last I knew about it. But anyway, I really don't want to talk about the beer bug anymore because, oh my God, I am so bored of the topic. How about you, Wayne? Uh, yeah, sick and tired of hearing about it every single day. Just pound it in your skull over and over and over and over. So uh, we'll try to avoid that as much as possible. I'm sure we'll wind up touching on it at some point, though, because it's very key into the agendas of the power players of this world. So, uh, it, you know, tonight we'll be talking about Agenda 21 slash Agenda 2030, which are essentially the same thing, just with a different name on it. Uh, like I was saying to you before we went live, uh, they pretty much with Agenda 2030, all they did is take Agenda 21 and they put lipstick on the pig. So that's <laughs> all it is for the most part. But that's what we're going to be discussing. So we'll see how it overlaps with current events. By the way, I'm getting an error from YouTube that's not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. So let me know in the chat room if things are choppy or not working right. I'm not sure what I can do about it at this point. Now that we've started, because it was working fine earlier when I first kicked on the stream, which is why, by the way, everybody who likes to put messages all over the uh, the live streams we do, there is a, a reason why I started way early, like five to ten minutes, because of this nonsense I'm seeing right here. I like to give it plenty of time to get bandwidth cranking and make sure everything's working great since, uh, well, first of all, Crow and I are in different locations, uh, but what 2000 miles apart same thing with wayne and myself somewhere around 1800 miles apart so i like everything to be working well and then i get people going bonkers going why is there 10 minutes of music blah 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 guys i edit it out the next day as soon as the the, the video is done processing i go in i chop out all the the, the nice pleasant 432 hertz music i put in and that's it that's it and then i i, I put it to the to the opening theme song of whether it's the the wednesday show with Wayne and myself, or if it's the Sunday show with Crow and I, and that's the reason I do that. I guess I should uh, make that clear because every episode, one or two or three people have to put that down. That's just... Uh... Yeah, that's <sighs> the reality of doing live streams like this is uh, sometimes you have problems with the interwebs and various things and internet service providers and different things like the Skypes and the Zooms of the world and all that stuff. So you have to kind of take a little bit of extra time to make sure all the kinks are out before we could go ahead and broadcast. Yep, and that's it. I don't need to go any more off about that, but it's just it really kind of irritates me that I have to go through all the comments and delete all the stuff because they're going to throw people off if they say, it starts at 7 minutes and 43 seconds. Well, somebody sees that and does it, they just missed 7.43 of content because 
someone couldn't be patient enough to just let me edit the damn thing to get rid of the music at the beginning. But anyway, <laughs> I, I don't want to complain. That's ridiculous. So anyway, let's get to the topic at hand. We're going to talk about Agenda 21. And as Wayne said, let's just make this really, really clear. Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 are actually the same thing. It was originally called Agenda 21 because they had wanted to have these measures, and this is a United Nations thing. They wanted to have these measures in place by the year 2021. All of this, what they call sustainable development, which in itself is not a bad thing. However, it's 2020, and it's nowhere near close. We're still gobbling up resources and, and basically doing tons of crap to damage the environment. And of course, those things are not good. Oh, my, my YouTube thing just said excellent connection. Thank goodness. All right. Oh, now it did. Now I'm back bad again. Ha! Anyway, so yeah, there's still lots of things going on, predominantly by corporations, mind you. And you know, Wayne, maybe we should take a moment to talk about this. The elite, whoever they are, whatever you want to say, the banking families, all that, I, I get tired of trying to come up with terms for these things. But everybody knows what I mean when we say they, the, the bad guys, the people running this world. We all know what we're talking about here, right? I think so. So those people like to look down on the 99.99999% of us that walk this whatever place we are at to call us scum and that we're so beneath them and then they were terrible. But guess what? You pieces of shit, and I mean this literally, you are pieces of human garbage that created the world the way it is right now. Jackasses like Westinghouse making free electricity not available to everyone. Things like that. Uh, cars that are just crap and fall apart and things like all these things machinery that breaks so you have to buy a new one all because of greed this is the elite scumbags that are at the top of the heap here that created this world so what do we have to work with we don't have billions of dollars most of us to do anything to set things right so anyway i don't know if you have any thoughts on that wayne before i get off my soapbox <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> oh there's always room on the soapbox man i'll tell you no, I get up I, there with me, McCroy. Let's go at it. I totally agree. I mean, you got a couple of scumbags at the top of the power structure, uh, just basically doing this stuff for not only profit but also control, because uh, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, is control even more so than profit. It's not about the money anymore. Okay, they just proved to that us that uh, money's not an issue by printing what is it roughly three trillion dollars out of thin air and distributing it around. So it's not about money. It's all about control. It's all about, uh, you know, controlling people and groups of people in different ways. And that's what this whole sustainable development thing is all about. This is code word for uh, basically a technocracy when it comes down to it. So that's what they're looking to do. They want to control all the resources and uh, be able to distribute them how they see fit. And it's only the select few at the top of the power structure that will be making the decisions on all of this stuff. And, and that's exactly what they want. But they talk about it in ways of making it sound good, like sustainability, like, oh, we can't – the whole – ecosystem we live in can't support all these people and it's it's all that contrived uh, uh nonsense that is like the scarcity thing that they keep doing it's this manufactured scarcity that they just keep rolling with and that's the whole thing i mean this place that we live it's got plenty of resources for all the people here and then some so there's not an overpopulation problem but that's always how they play this up and that's what this is about because they plan on trying to depopulate and rein in the, the reins of control even tighter to what they already are. So, I mean, on the face of it, it's all based on fraudulent things when it comes down to it. I mean, like you were saying, the corporations of this world, they came in and, like, set up these total monopolies, like Westinghouse uh, setting this stuff up and, you know, Bell and the the various the Rockefeller Corporation, all these select few corporations that actually came up with a lot of these innovative ideas but kept tight reins on on it for the sake of getting money for it and maintaining control of it with the money system. So like that's what we're looking at here when we could actually have free energy for everybody and that would totally change what the world looks like because there, there are technologies that do exist that offer these types of things. But uh, because it doesn't run on, say, diesel fuel or something, I'm, then, you know, certain pockets aren't going to 
get lined with money. So these technologies don't come out into the public forefront and, and get developed on a mass scale like that. So once again, it comes down to the old banker's trick, you know, control the purse strings, control everything. And that's basically where we're at. And this sustainable development thing is no different. I mean, the UN's in bed with the World Bank and uh, the IMF and all of that stuff. So uh, that's basically where the power resides with this stuff. Yeah, there you have it, man. Uh, let's see where we're at here. I think we've got a couple hundred folks here now, hopefully. I noticed something new. I don't know what they've updated on, on bloody YouTube again. Thanks, Vinny by, Barbarino, by the way, for the uh, super chat. Awesome of you. Thank you so much. Uh, I have to keep refreshing my screen now to find out how many concurrent viewers we have. So I, I don't actually know what that's all about. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. You know what's funny? Around. DLive is what I guess would be called a, a not as sophisticated platform, but I never have problems with it. It always seems to work really well. So anyway, uh, moving on from that, I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. What? Simple is better? What? <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe not trying to yeah, jack really. everything over all the time. Anyway, uh, so moving on. So like we were saying, with the Agenda 21, it's all about what they're calling sustainable development. Well, that's great. Maybe you should have thought about that 150 years ago when you started putting in all of the things in the late Industrial Revolution time that are now affecting us radically uh, coast to coast, everywhere, pretty much. We, we can't live... Uh, not in this system, I guess you could say, unless you've got a ton of money. Now, the technology does exist, let's be honest. I think we're at a point, and I could be wrong here, but I think we're at a point in the 21st century where technology does exist that you could have a mm, completely or near completely sustainable homestead or whatever it is you want to uh, whatever kind of system you want to exist in, you know, maybe grow your own food. Uh, have, energy is always the big problem, electricity predominantly. So I don't know, Wayne, what do you think? You study tech stuff probably more than I do. I try to keep up with you, but you're just better at it. Do you think that in the 21st century, now that we're two decades into it, scary enough, uh, can someone, if they have some money to throw around, can they build a home somewhere that could take care of itself for the most part, do you think? Oh, absolutely. They could even build one underground, too. And, uh, you know, some people have actually done that. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at these different energy devices. They exist. I mean, you could even get, if you get a good solar power array set up um, with the right, right kind of battery capacity and stuff like that, you could have a completely off-grid um, electrical system in your home that functions just fine. Uh, these things exist. I mean, you could build a homestead, like, just off-grid somewhere and be able to exist if you had the right skills and had enough money to actually do that. And that's not even bringing into uh, consideration the different technologies that are locked up in black programs that they have. Because I could guarantee you, there's free energy devices out there that do exist and are being used in different military capacities. And if they would uh, release this technology to the rest of the world, you could have, say, a small generator, maybe about the size of uh, like your standard window air conditioner to run your entire house for free. And these technologies, they exist in these black budget programs and uh, they're largely kept secret from people so with something like that if every home could cheaply uh, get one of these and have it installed you could live completely off grid like you, we wouldn't have to have the outdated electrical system that's so prone to error that it is and, and so prone to accidents and stuff like it is we wouldn't have that we wouldn't have that worry because each home would have its own individual power source and that could be a reality but the thing is there's no money to be made on that because once you buy this device and have it hooked up to your home and it's providing you with free energy, then there's there's no profit to be made by the profiteers of this world or the big corporations that want to control that stuff. So it wouldn't be you wouldn't be plugged into a public utility. You would have this at, at your home and you would have no worries about power outages or anything like that. Because, you know, some idiot hits a telephone pole or something with the car and <laughs> takes down the power lines. Your power's not going out uh, yep. because it's hooked directly to your home. So these kind of things 
could potentially change the world in a big, huge way. But the problem is, if these technologies were to get out to the public, then these major corporations that control pretty much the entire energy production of the, the world, they, they would stand to lose everything they had. They wouldn't have that monopoly anymore. They wouldn't have that income coming in. They wouldn't have the money rolling their way, and they wouldn't have the control and power that they do. So they're not going to let this happen because that's against their best interests. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, thank you, Chad and Derek, for the Super Chats. That's awesome of you. Let's get into the what the Agenda 21 thing is. So the just the very general basics of it. Agenda 21 is a non-binding action plan of the United Nations with regard to, as we said, sustainable development. It is a product of the Earth Summit, which was a United Nations conference on environment and development that was held in Brazil in Rio de Janeiro in the year 1992, so quite some time ago now. It is an action agenda for the United Nations, other multilateral organizations, meaning they have a lot of reach into different... Mm, they can do a lot of things, let's put it that way. And individual governments around the world that can be executed, I like that term, at local, national, and global levels. The 21 in agenda refers to the original target year of 2021, where they were hoping to achieve their development goals by then. It has been affirmed and had a few modifications at subsequent United Nations conferences. Since it found that the year 2021 was an overly optimistic date, and I will say uh, that's, that was an ungodly overly optimistic date for whatever it is they're trying to put in, its new timeline is targeting the year 2030. Its aim is to achieve worldwide sustainable development, meaning that what you put in can be recycled or reused. It's not... Well, I'll get to that in a moment. One major objective of the Agenda 21 initiative is that every local government should draw its own local Agenda 21. Since 2015, Sustainable Development Goals, or also known as the Millennium Development Goals, are included in the newer Agenda 2030. So as we said before, literally Agenda 2030, which is what you're going to be hearing about now, is just the whole concept that they formulated in 1992. And the thing from 1992 actually came from another thing from 1989, which came from another thing before that. So this is something that they've been thinking about for a long time. And by the way, in the 1989 one, they mentioned the term climate change. I thought back in the 80s, everyone was all hell-bent on the concept of global warming and that's it and holes in the ozone layer and things like that, which they do, did mention. But as you'll notice, now that we're all the way here in the year 2020, that doesn't seem to be a problem anymore, though I'm sure if you ask one of these dipwits, they'd be like, oh, of course it's still a problem. It's not. It's not. That was all fear porn. But uh, anything you want to add in there, Wayne, before I continue on? Yeah, it's amazing how they always change up the language. Change uh, the to narrative kind of, to suit the time. Yep, That's what it is. To, to suit their agenda more so than anything. So they, they went from the whole, oh, there's all holes in the ozone layer, which, by the way, guys, there's no such thing as an ozone layer. Uh, go ahead, look that up. But anyway, uh, aside from that, they switched that to the global warming. And in the, in the 70s, it was global cooling. And then they just changed it to the generic climate change. But you could just garner a lot from just looking at uh, the numbers game being played here. Uh, Agenda 21 introduced in 1992, if you want to count the ways with 92, and it's designed as 21, Agenda 21, 29 years later after 92, so you could count the ways doubly there in a mirror. Uh, they Once again, they play the, the mirror game with the end code. Uh, you could kind of see what's really going on with that i mean that that puts the intention there for you to see when you look at the numbers game just with it but uh aside from that just what they're talking about sustainable development they make it sound as desirable as possible because what they want to do is they want to make sure we're not depleting all the resources of the earth we've got to slow down uh and that equates to things like rolling power outages and stuff like that if you want to read between the lines because that's what they have planned they you know they want to be able to tell you ah guess what you're not having electricity from say uh 8 a.m to 8 p.m on you know the uh, every other tuesday or something so that they could just kind of keep these uh power grids from being overloaded because they're overwhelmed by the huge increase in the population. And that's kind of the narrative that they're pushing. Once again, you could see 
the agenda being pushed of the world's overpopulated, first of all, and then <laughs> second of all, it's too much of a strain on the resources. And once again, you have this whole manufactured scarcity idea being played up. And I could tell you just from the research that we've done, first of all, the overpopulation idea, completely fraudulent on the face of it. There's the, the world is not overpopulated. Okay? Not even close. You could take you could take the entire population that they claim is on the earth right now, which is over 7 billion. And you could right, and you could place them in the state of Texas and each person could have a, an acre, a, 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 an acre, one acre. Each person gets one acre and you could fit every person in the world in Texas with an acre of land for each person. So just to give you the idea of the scope of how ridiculous the whole overpopulation idea sounds on the face of it, there you go. And then uh, added to that, they're always pushing these Malthusian ideas of resource depletion and stuff like that. This is your manufactured artificial scarcity, okay? There's, there's no scarcity of resources for every human being in the world here, okay? And that's what we need to understand these are all contrived ideas. We're not in danger of running out of fossil fuels or whatever. You know what I mean? We've, we've had this discussion ad nauseum already. Fossil fuels are renewable sources of energy. Uh, you've, you've seen how many examples of uh, they cap an oil well because they've totally drained it dry, go back 10 years later, and it's full again. Yep. So it, it's not something that's like a non-renewable resource like they claim that it is. That's all to hold up this whole artificial scarcity idea to make it appear as if we're, you know, us just existing has this total drain on the resources of our world. And it really doesn't. I mean, that's the whole thing. And that's that's basically what they base all of this on, all of this fraudulent science on. So they make it sound good by saying sustainable development. We want to keep these things on par with uh, how quickly we could do them without completely depleting the resources and creating a whole tragic series of events. And uh, the whole idea behind this and the basis for it is foundationally wrong. But it's what they have to try to manufacture in the public mind as being real. So that's why they push these things so hard, and that's why it's an international thing, and they're trying to get it down to the level of local government and implementing little ideas like, say, oh, I don't know, switch all your light bulbs to uh, the, the energy saver bulbs, that kind of thing. And you see how this has kind of been slowly rolled out with little ideas like that from the get-go. So that that's what we're looking at with this whole thing, and they, they want to slowly and eventually get people to be um, – pretty much living in third world conditions everywhere even in first world countries like where we live so they want to bring down the level okay they want to bring everybody to equal footing but they don't do that by raising people up who are in a lower situation instead they bring down the people in the better situation to the lower tier to equalize people that way and that's that's what they mean when they're talking about sustainability they want to keep you on par with everybody else but that's going to be at a, a level of poverty uh, pretty much is, is what it comes down to. They want to bring everybody down to a level of poverty rather than bring everybody up to a place of wealth. And that's why they do this whole artificial scarcity thing. So they can bring you down to this level of poverty and keep you there. Because when it comes to the, you know, the, the end game for it, it's just a very small select group of people at the top of the power structure that want to control all the resources and have all the wealth and be able to control all of this. But they do that by keeping the rest of humanity at this level of poverty. And that's what they're talking about when they're talking about sustainable development. And uh, it's it's kind of disturbing to look at because they – they paint it with this rosy picture of it being something good, and they try to disguise it as, well, I care about the planet, so I'm going to recycle, and, and that kind of thing. And that's how, they, that's how they get people on the hook with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this goes back to my initial rant when we opened. They set up this system. Now, funny enough, when 
evil scumbag Rockefellers decided to make a monopoly out of the whole uh, oil thing. They may or may not have known that it was a renewable thing, but they sure as hell know about it now. And what did they do in the decades since then? Oh, well, they just convinced everyone that it's a scarcity so that they could control it. I mean, it's the same crap they do with everything. So they can look down on, if indeed there's 7 billion people here, as we're the scum of the earth. But guess what? You are the ones who created the world that we have to live in. You you are the ones who got rid of all the electric cars, let's say, for instance, or even the railways and all the things that cities used to have. Do you guys know that there used to be in most major cities in the United States, and I think in England and a few other countries as well, there used to be electric buses and electric um, like trolleys, trams, everywhere. There's actually still one in New Orleans that I keep meaning to go ride one of these days. They ripped it all up so that everyone had to buy a car and buy petroleum products from them. So you know what? Their fault. We're not, it's not us. And I, you know, I, I just was thinking about this while I was making coffee today. I'm just, I've absolutely had it that a few shit bags are the ones that have completely put us in this slave system. And then they have the gall to say that we're the problem. Well, guess what, Greta? We're not the problem. Your masters are. And I, I'm going to stop going How off about that. How dare you? How dare I? <laughs> Keep listening, buddy. Yeah, Hold really. my espresso. <laughs> anyway, so that's where we're at. All of these people, and now I don't know how exactly all these things happened in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, where a small group of people managed to get control of the resources. I mean, uh, these people are smart, but I'm sure they can't see everything. So you had people becoming steel magnets. You had people becoming petroleum magnets and controlling the um, the, the trains, for instance, all, all of that, all the, the Vanderbilts, all these people. They did a, a great job of consolidating all that. Now, I don't doubt that people like the Rothschilds and whomever else is behind the scenes, the Black Gelfs, all those people. And of course, above all that, the Jesuits pulling the strings because we've been accused of not pointing out that it's the Vatican and the Jesuits doing everything. Well, it's them doing most of it, uh, if not all of it. I'm sure there's other factions and things involved because there's a lot of freaking people here. I'm sure there, there, there are other evil fuckbags out there. But anyway, the world that we are in right now, where we have to plug things into a wall, where we have to buy a new coffee maker a couple years because a damn thing breaks, like all that stuff, the fact that we need cars to go to work because we're crammed into little cities and things are far apart, they did that. They did that. And I'm, I'm going to stop on that now, but that's, that's it. I, I'm just, I'm reaching this point and I, I seem to be getting more and more into Alex Jones mode where I'm going off about shit, but you know, I'm just kind of tired of it. Like I, I have to research all this stuff and I just see, see it's these same small groups of people. Not that I didn't know this, but it's like the, the more I have to keep, keep writing about this stuff and doing it like right now, for instance, I am doing uh, an episode. I'm writing an episode for Crow triple seven radio on the history of television and Tavistock. And they had the things put in place. I just found a magazine article from, I think it was called Radio News, from 1928. We're on the freaking cover. Now think about the world in 1928. Nobody knew what the hell television was. And they've got a, a pretty drawn cover of a dapper gentleman sitting there in his bathrobe and his slippers and his nice chair, smoking his little pipe hair nicely slicked back, you know, typical 1920s gentleman staring at a giant console TV. That was not even heard of in 1928. And it said, uh, the little caption was, soon, exclamation point. So whatever was going on, the bad guys knew they were putting this crap into place way, way back when. And of course, was television used as an educator or anything like that? No, of course not. They had programming crap in mind right from the beginning. And speaking of programming, let's get back, let's drag this back to the Agenda 21 thing. These notions change by the way our society is. And you've heard all of the work that we've done on decades and how it seems like once a decade's uh, changes over, they throw a switch, you know, different gear. Let's go from second to third. Boom, we're going to change it. Go from the 60s to the 70s. Everything's colorful and beautiful and lively. No, we're going to have Manson and all the other horrible things. And all of a sudden we have the dark, drab, gritty 70s. Like the stuff we're always talking about. Those things, that that's real. That's social engineering and a half. And what happens as society is being drugged through these phases? Well, they change what what's going on in our world. All of a sudden the world is magic because every 10 years or so... 
we have a different climate problem. In the 1970s, you can go find an episode on YouTube right now that I've watched two or three times already called In Search Of. The host was Leonard Nimoy, the man famous for playing Mr. Spock on the original Star Trek. And they're talking about massive ice ages coming. Ice ages in the 1970s, a time period that I lived through, by the way. I was born in 1973. So in this time period that I lived through, Giant glaciers were going to kill us, and everything was going to freeze, and it was going to be giant winters and all that kind of crap. Nope, no, that doesn't exist anymore. We got into the 80s. All of a sudden, holes in the ozone layer, and global warming is going to get us. Completely different decade, completely different problem. All of a sudden, the climate changed in some magical, mystical way. And every scientist who was absolutely convinced that this is the problem in the 1970s, all of a sudden, it's different in the 1980s. All right, Wayne, I'm really on a soapbox now. I think I've got two soapboxes, one, one on top of the other. Let me throw it over to you for a minute. Okay, well, I appreciate that you were going into Alex Jones mode there for a minute. <laughs> the I got the documents! <laughs> Buy my boner pills! <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it does get kind of frustrating. So, uh, you know, I, I completely understand where you're, what you're ranting about and where you're coming from, but... Uh, yeah, man, it's it's totally, totally like all of this stuff. It does. It gets it's very heavy because it, it's contrived and everything keeps changing every 10 years or so. They change up the narrative just a little bit, always moving forward towards the a little same bit goal. cold to hot. Well, it's true. I mean, look <laughs> at what's going on right now. I mean, we just rolled into 2020. Who would have expected such drastic change right then and there? So uh, like if you look at it, like it's, it's definitely, uh, they've kicked it into high gear because they want to get this agenda in place by 2030 now, because they're, they're like nine or 10 years behind schedule. So they're kicking it into high gear and trying to, uh, do what they can to get these Im things implemented across the world. So that, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Uh, you know, we can see it's kicked into high gear. Absolutely. Thank you, AB, for the uh, super chat, by the way. All right. So as we were saying, let's let's drag things back around. So the 1970s, we have an ice age coming in. They were already starting these uh, sustainable development notions even all the way back then. In the 80s is when they start doing uh, the actual meetings. The United Nations is putting forth all this crap. Uh, by 1992, we have the initial, um, the actual meeting, the first meeting and all that. So I'm going to pull up the document and we're going to go through a couple of the points here, Wayne. And what I really want to tie this into, and I'll tell you why here, I want to tie this in to the transhumanism movement, because as, as Crow and myself and Wayne and, and others have pointed out, transhumanism is extremely important. This, this is one of the overall goals. These people are really obsessed with technology, uh, hyper technology, really, and becoming immortal in some sense that, that they think anyway. But to be fair, not everybody who's into the concepts of transhumanism are necessarily super evil Luciferian assholes. They're, they're people who just want to live longer, do more, that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I, I can get that. I, I don't want to nail everybody to a tree who just wants to use technology for the betterment of humanity. Because, let's face it, technology is a tool. I know that's a very debatable thing. But technology really is what you make of it. And you can keep coming up with crazier things and, and better cell phones and all that nonsense, that's fine. But does the technology have to damage? This is my this is my big problem with it. Technology shouldn't damage, which is why I have a problem with like 5G and all, all the Wi-Fi and all that. Now, I'm no scientist or anything like that. I don't know if that has to be like that, that these things can only be transmitted that way. Maybe you know, Wayne. But uh, let's just take Wi-Fi for an example. Is that a sustainable thing for humans? Like, can you use Wi-Fi and not have it be damaging to us overall? Do, do we have an answer to that? Uh, I have seen research that says that long-term, it does uh, do some damage on a cellular level to you. Uh, there's numerous studies to show that. So that's why they, you know, recommend keeping your Wi-Fi router away from your bedroom and where you sleep and things like that. So, uh, I, you know... There's, there's definitely some potential there, and uh, also with the coming 5G network, 
Uh, I've also seen a lot of research on that that shows that these millimeter waves could be potentially very harmful as well, especially when you get into the higher bandwidth frequencies of these things. So uh, right now, uh, with the 5G network, they're rolling out the lower bandwidth uh, portions of it. But once you get above, say, about 60 gigahertz um, with the bandwidth, I believe that's the number that they were looking at, much above that, it starts to become... Uh, you know, kind of damaging to biological cells. So it's it's something we need to be concerned with and, and look at. And this is all part of the whole sustainable development thing too, because largely in order to save the resources and keep people from traveling as much, they want everybody to have internet. So if they want everybody to have internet, they have to supply the means to do so. So that's why they're trying to roll out this infrastructure and, you know, be able to have this high speed internet as well because it's all about the Internet of Things, and they need that connectivity speed in order to make this happen. And uh, they're also looking at uh, a subsystem of the Internet of Things, and I've been talking about this a lot lately, called the Internet of Thoughts. And that's not nonsense. You can look it up. Um, the Internet of Thoughts, this is a, a, a portion, a subsystem of the Internet of Things that they're planning on rolling out at some point uh, where they're going to use these different BCI devices, such as Neuralink, to connect the human brain into what they call a neocortex, uh, which connects to the computing cloud so that you could hook your consciousness right into the cloud and access the internet just through your mind. So uh, this is something they've been talking about. And this ties right along with the whole transhuman agenda. And just, I wanted to address something in the chat. I see somebody had said I was totally wrong about the Texas thing. And uh, I guess I had misquoted. Uh, about uh, being able to fit the entire population on an acre apiece in Texas. Oh, oh, oh. Apparently, Texas is not nearly that big enough for that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want to misspeak, but I had heard that somewhere. So I just Googled it, and the person in the chat was correct. That's totally off base. So, you know, I'll step back from that. I heard Jim Mar say that years ago, but I don't know where he got it yeah. from. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, if you look, North America is about 6.1 billion acres. So you can fit, you know, a good chunk of the world's population just here in North America on an acre apiece. So the the point of the matter is, I don't want to get too far off track, but the point of the matter is we don't really have an overpopulation problem when it comes down to it. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of land per person out there and a lot of resources per person out there. So that was the whole point in that, but I don't want to misspeak and be inaccurate about things. So I just figured I would, I would address that quickly here, but, uh, Back on with the whole transhumanist plan going along with this, when you're looking at sustainable development, they want to keep people from traveling to kind of conserve these fossil fuels that they talk about. Uh, so in order to do that, they want everybody to be connected to the Internet on these different devices. And we could see how that's kind of rolling out right now uh, by the way that they're doing things. And they, they are doing this. They're, they're keeping people at home and not traveling as much and doing everything that they possibly can via an internet connection right now or, or remotely. And, you know, things like teleschooling, teleeducation, uh, teleconferencing, teledoctor visits, like all of these things from a remote area. And you could kind of see how this is lining up with the whole Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030 plan. And that's kind of why we're where we're at right now, because they are pushing it into high gear. Because it's getting closer to 2030, and they want to achieve these goals. Right, absolutely. So I put a link in the chat room of both DLive and YouTube. And what that is, that's an interview with a gentleman that we've spoken about multiple times before. And I sent it to Wayne earlier. I don't think he's had a chance to watch it yet. But I started getting back into uh, looking at transhumanism stuff again. Uh, because I hadn't in a while, and of course, it's all technology-centric, so I assume in a year, things have probably changed. I think that's a fairly smart way to look at it. And this interview with Zoltan, I, the guy's the same age as me. He's 47. And it was just interesting to hear him speak because he sounded way more like Wayne or me or Crow or any of us than I've ever heard him speak because he's exasperated over the nonsense going on right now. And, and, and even the whole... SJW woke nonsense. He even went off about that. Like, I've never heard this guy sound like this before. He was always very, very hopeful for the future, always pushing for the concept of like, hey, I'm, I'm in an age bracket where if I can hold on and uh, stay healthy for a good couple of years, we might get to the point and we should get to the point where 
life extension technology exists. Medical technology would get good enough that I can make it and then live considerably longer in a healthy body. That's his general notion. And again, I don't have a problem with technology being used to help people because God knows there are plenty of people who are suffering in, on this world. And I think the technology should be used for crazy things like terraforming and putting water in places that are deserts where people are starving to death and things like that. No sentient being should suffer, in my opinion. And I think it's a pretty good opinion, in fact. And that's what technology, I think, should be used for. And we've got plenty. So while a very tiny minute of people are suffering and possibly dying, I don't know, can't prove it, by, by a beer bug, you have how many zillions of people dying of things like starvation or exposure to the elements or things like that or not having enough money and just being in bad situations. That's ridiculous. None of that should exist in the technological society we should have. And even if you're a third world country, there should be enough to go around to help to raise these people up. And in my opinion, and Wayne, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think we've talked about this before to, to some degree or another. But anyway, Zoltan is definitely going off in this little interview. I think you guys might find it interesting. It, it, he's, he was interviewed for this movie that apparently came out last year that I'd never heard of called Beyond 2030, where they're talking about the future of transhumanism and people in cryogenics being brought back, which failed, by the way. Apparently they tried to do it with somebody. And I, yeah, I, I think that's a little too much. I mean, what do I know? Maybe things exist, but I think that's that might be stretching. But keeping people healthy and, and going, um, I think that's very possible. And I'm just speculating because I'm, I'm not an expert. But just doing crazy stuff like eating healthy, drinking clean water, making sure you actually get the proper amount of vitamins and nutrients like Clive DeCarl was talking about. Those things... That's not what mainstream medicine pushes. This is, again, going back to my rant in the beginning. The crap that they push on us from mainstream medicine, as our friend Dr. Kaufman will attest, that's Rockefeller medicine. That is not, for the most part, the right way to be doing things. It's all about putting Band-Aids on, as we've said over and over again. It's about putting Band-Aids on problems, throwing a pharmaceutical at it, at it, and you'll feel a little bit better for a time. But hey, we've got a customer for life now. That's not the way to do things. Anyway, another aspect of the control mechanism. And of course, we have legions of doctor, doctor know-it-alls who think that just because they were taught it in school, that that's the, that is the way, that is the only way, and there can't possibly be another way, which of course is utterly wrong, again, in my humble opinion. So the people who are actually into the transhumanism from a medical standpoint I get it. You want to stay longer. You want to enjoy life more. You want to have loved ones not die. Okay, well, I, I, I can get it. <sighs> Anything you want to add there, Wayne, or shall I keep going? No, I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, th this whole thing, the uses of these technologies, they, they do have a lot of promise, and they could do an awful lot of good things. My concern, though, is that there's also the potential for the abuse or misuse of this, and the people that are controlling... Uh, the agendas and steering the agendas with this stuff uh, have been shown over and over and over again to not have uh, your well-being or mine in mind with the use of these technologies. It's not for our benefit. And uh, I've written about this in my first book that uh, these technologies are intended for the use of the very few, the ones at the top of the power structure, the quote-unquote elites of this world. This is who they intend these technologies to be used for, not you and I. They see us as being the profane, and they have no place in their new age for the profane. So they're not taking us with them into the new age, and that's the point I need to get across. And guys like Zoltan Istvan, he's drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, he's seeing all the good benefits and stuff that could come from this, and I think the guy legitimately believes that uh, – we could have all of these good uses of it and have all these wonderful things happen because of it. But uh, sadly, I think he's a little uh, misguided as to uh, who he thinks necessarily is in control of these things and, and where they're going to roll out to. Because uh, the ones that are really steering the agendas with these things reside within the military-industrial complex. Right. So when everything is weaponized – there's always going to be war and there's always going to be suffering and loss. 
And that's what the problem is because they're weaponizing these technologies and that's what they're utilizing them for. They're using them for for the eugenics agenda and that all plays along with this Agenda 21 too. So that's what we're looking at with the whole transhumanist push here. It's eugenics on a, on a grander level and uh, that's the thing that I think we all need to understand. Yeah, there's a lot of potential for good with these technologies and I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to pursue these technologies, but I think there needs to be moral oversight of the use of these things, and that's something that's sadly lacking. Right, and and you know it's funny listening to this interview. If you guys want to check it out, I, I for the most part agreed with Zoltan, but the problem is perhaps, and I don't know for sure what his viewpoint is, but maybe he is being a little naive that who's in control of the technology. The same shitbags that are in control of everything, and maybe you do ju- just want to help people and, and help yourself and your family and all that with technology. Cool. I'm totally about that, but you don't realize that the shitbags are the ones who are re- – they're the ones with the, with the money, first of all. They're the ones putting it where they want it to go, and technology is going to benefit them, not the rest of us, in right, my opinion. And I think – And I think that's why it's important that we understand the occult or esoteric agendas that go along with this stuff, too, because that's the telling part, okay? And that's what guys like Zoltan are missing the boat on. He he doesn't know about the occult aspects of this and where these people that are controlling it get their – draw their influence from and their motivation from. And they draw their motivation from the ancient mystery schools – Yep. And the different secret society teachings that are, you know, kind of steering them in the direction of going for this transhumanist thing and making their quote unquote new age and them becoming the, the uber mensch or the, the overman and transcending to the next level of human evolution. And they see that as only being something for the select few, the initiate, uh, you know, the initiated, the, 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 ad- the adept within these different secret society teachings. And that's the thing that most of these people, these science scientist people and, you know, the ones that are, are pushing this from a purely scientific standpoint, that's the aspect of this that they're missing. That's the aspect of the transhuman agenda that they're not seeing and that they don't understand that this is why it's being steered in, in directions that may not benefit all of mankind. But th- I think it's an important facet of the whole thing to look at. So that's something where I think maybe Zoltan is a little naive as to that aspect of it, because I doubt very highly he really has any knowledge of these occult practices or these occult societies. Right. And if he does, he certainly has never spoken of it that I'm aware of. He's just been a big technology buff. And to finish with that, what he did say that I was really behind, because it's something we've all been saying, is that because of this nonsense with the beer bug, technology may have gotten pushed far behind now. He might miss the window to get to life extension technology because they've just crashed the economy for, let's be blunt here, for absolute bullshit. They just destroyed the economies of many, 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 many countries uh, from shutting things down for about two months, and they're still not recovering yet. And I don't, I really don't know what's going to happen, to be honest with you. And companies themselves aren't really taking it upon themselves to recover what's interesting uh, – I just don't get it. Let's put it this way. For instance, uh, Rose and I like to go to coffee shops. Why the hell would Starbucks not be open if they are allowed to be open? Why are you having all these reduced hours? People are going in lines around the buildings to get a coffee or whatever the hell it is that they get from Starbucks. Why would you close hours earlier? Don't you want the money? Anyway, this isn't what we should be talking about, but it's just it's it's killing me. I don't get it. Like if you can be open, why wouldn't you be open? Anyway, get the economy back on track, because whether the money is real or fake and it's fake, it's still what we need to drive things to make the everyday lives for us, not the shitbags in control. But for us, this is what makes it go. And when they completely just slam on the brakes and say, nope, you can't do anything for two months. That is going to mess things up for us in a horrible, horrible way. Hey, Crow. Welcome to your own chat room. <laughs> oh, it looks like Crow wants to hey, say hello. All right. Let's get Crow on here. Maybe he's resonating with a little something we're saying. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know how long he's been listening <laughs> for. He was supposed to be taking a chill, but let me 
Yeah. And we add the Crow Man in here. Add. You know how he is. He can't. I've soapboxed it so much, though. I I, th- I think it'd be good to give Crow a minute here to to get on his own soapbox. Crow, this is your soapbox now. Have fun. Hey, sorry, I had two two things going on. How, how's everyone doing, man? Hello, chat room. Um, I just walked in. Um, what's on the? What, what are you guys hitting on tonight? Uh, well, I had not one but two soapboxes going on here, and uh, but predominantly we're talking about Agenda 21 and how it's been changed to Agenda 2030 and how it ties in with transhumanism. I uh, I just logged on. Um, I I hit the wall the other day, man. I could I almost fell out. I was so burned. Um, feeling pretty good now. Got a little bit of breather. We'll slow up a bit. Get a show out Thursday, but um, I'm inundated with emails from all over the world. Canada, uh, people claiming Canada is starting to stand up. Mm. So I don't, I don't think this window is going to close, and I will stand on, uh, if for no other reason, to not be a naysayer and a defeatist. Uh, this is a house of cards. This whole damn thing is a house of cards. And the first stiff wind that challenges it, it's going down. And that's what episode 222 is going to do. It's what the one we just did. Uh, these notices of liability, the idea that governors do whatever the F they want now. Um, a governor or president has no capacity to direct or dictate to the people anything. And you and I outlined that with the whole gold thing when the president stood up and said, hey, everyone, you got to give us your gold and then use the the uh, the postmaster general. So uh, I still have hope. This this is absolutely a house of cards. It just if enough people are ready to create the wind, um, put it this way, if, if I was them, I'd be way more scared than we are. And I I see fear all over the streets right now. But. Anyhow, Crow, who was it that had just mentioned that um, for once the the Rothschilds were afraid because they uh, they had screwed up the banking things and people were actually looking for where they live? We just had a conversation about this whole thing. Yeah, you know, it's gotten so thin, um, and I know what you're referring to, but I can't draw. Uh, but there's a lot of people that said, uh, I know, I know people who trade precious metals. Um, I know a couple people that are right up there um, in in the gold and silver business, um, and they were saying for the past four years this economy is coming down, and there ain't nothing going to stop it. There's no more tricks. There's no more finagling. And look what's happened here. Um, my mom got a ten thousand dollar debit card the other day, and I said we're not, you know, we're not taking this money. And by the way, you understand you're entering into an agreement here, right? Read the fine print. Um, at first, those were loans. By the time I got down to the part where it says, if you uh, enter into this agreement, I said, nope, took out the scissors and cut the chip. Um, the, what they're doing now is beyond the pale because any thinking person would simply ask, if they can write a $10,000 check to every taxpayer, and many pe- I know people who've gotten close to 100 grand because they have small businesses. Uh, there were a number of things, and initially some of those were loans against your next tax collection point and other things, but it's not clear whether that's changed. But my point is, why the hell did any of us pay taxes? You know, isn't that the obvious question? Why did all of us give a third of our income away if they can just up and write everybody a check for more than most of us pay an income tax? Um, And some of these small businesses that are on for 30K, uh, even grants, some of these things are grants, and anyone who knows what the language means, a grant's a gift. Um, The other things have, have strings attached. Uh, which I won't be entering into, but that that's a bitch too. Pardon my French, but some people haven't worked in 12, 13, 4, whatever it's been since 311-ish. Um, they don't have a choice to turn down 10 grand for the most part, and that's how the, this trap was baited. Um, but it proves what I'm telling you is true. This is an effing house of cards that has been built up, and it does not take much for the human beings with a brain left to rub together, not so drugged out from pharmaceuticals or whatever the issue is, drinking too much bad water or bad food to stand up and start to say, hey man, that jackass, the orange man, he swore to the constitution just like everyone before him. So there's your in right there. If it didn't matter, why just swear an oath to it? Um, And once you go back to constitution, this house of cards hits the dirt so quick it's not even funny. And that sets aside, um, I'm hearing that hundreds of people have done the NOL, the equivalent of the NOL in Australia. The two guests we just have on, 
um, brought, what was it, the PM, Jason, I've forgotten, Prime Minister or one of the senators, I guess it was a senator, uh, brought him to court in England because they had abrogated the fact that their constitution derives power from the authority of the English queen or king, and the name of that throne can change, but that's it. What they did is they abrogated the queen of England out of it and invented a non-existent um, Australian queen to derive their fake power from. Those, those guys got caught. The only thing that could be a bump in the road here is when we come back, if the federal courts cede what they're supposed to be doing, that's going to be tough. Um, but in my view, they can't do it because that violates your universal law. Your, your universal rights are violated if you don't have a path to lift up from under this, whatever you want to call it. But for my part, this is a house of cards, and I'm waiting for the wind to start. Well, it is a house of cards because all you're doing is creating debt. And that's it. It's just debt upon debt upon debt. And who's holding it all? Well, the Federal Reserve and the banks attached to that. But how long can this go on for is the question. And maybe what we've been talking about for years now, are we finally coming to the point where it's just it's just not possible to sustain anymore? And, of course, we have the things we were talking about earlier about the uh, this is this world we live in, the society that the, the general average person is forced to live in was created by the shitbag elites and now they're going to yank their rug out from under us because they just wanted to be greedy on top of it it's all a control mechanism and maybe we really are reaching a, a crossroads here. here here's the thing man this is this is coming back at us I, if i had to guess i'd say it's got to be september right there's no way the 11th of september is going to come and go without some nonsense we know there's going to be a whatever you want to call this beer bug too We've already seen it teed up. We already showed that the hospitals are getting paid insane amounts of money to write that word on an admittance slip or twice that money basically for on a cadaver slip. Someone dies of a heart attack. You write a special word now that's worth 60 grand or something like which that. Which tells you the fraud. Which tells you the fraud. But they're coming at this again. Now, when I drive through Rhode Island, and Rhode Island's a weird state, always been a weird state, uh, has never gone along to go along as much as the other states. And that's partially because it's small. And I suspect, too, partially because it's written in at the top of Jesus Christ's cross. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that card to drop, the NRI card. Um, but when we look at what's going on here, as I drove around today, um, I saw about 50% of people wearing masks. Now, granted, some of them had them on, but were not wearing them. Um, they've opened up these very popular roadside seafood joints, and there are cars parked down the street and around the corner. So the real question becomes, can you see? Can you freaking breathe? Can you rub three brain cells together? Because this is coming again in the fall. And if that doesn't go off, without a hitch there's your first stiff win on this house of cards but if everyone falls back in fear land um you know i, I had to actually go to the hospital a couple days ago and check in there and i kept taking off my mask and they kept freaking out they finally just gave up on me they left me in the room <laughs> w without my mask on and i said you don't have jurisdiction over me and i'm not the least bit concerned about getting sick and so the fact that i'm not wearing a mask and you all are should mean that i'm the only one in jeopardy here right um it goes on and on it goes on and on but anyhow wayne's here with us right hey wayne <laughs> hey crow Good to hear from you, brother. <laughs> thanks for thanks for stepping in, man. I hit the wall the other morning. I just couldn't do it. Um, I was just, I've been going so hard and going to like two in the morning uh, to do the research, and I'm trying to wrap up this how I think Rome fell and everything rolled into the Vatican. I think I can show it now. I think I can show it all the way back to the Mosaic bloodline, provably. Um, but it, it's a crap load of research. Um, it would probably have to roll out over a number of shows, but I, I, I just woke up the other morning. I said, I don't feel good, man. There's something wrong with me. Um, but anyhow, I appreciate it, Wayne. Thanks for stepping up. Uh, I wasn't sure I was going to be all good to go by the end of today. Oh, anytime, man. You need me, you just give me a call. And I'll, I'll be there. So. All right. Well, why don't we do this? You guys opened it up. I'll go, uh, mess around. I'll go back to work tomorrow morning and I'll get two, two, two on the road. Um, but thank you again, Wayne, and you guys can wrap this up. And everyone in the chat room, thank you so much for being patient for 222. It's a big episode with Alphonse. It's big ideas. And if 300 people here, 300 people out of the thousands that follow what we do took an interest in what Alphonse lays down, there's another stiff wind blowing. Um, and it's all indefensible. 
That's all there is to it. The only thing that can prevent this is the federal court ceding their duty. Um, and I still maintain that if they do that, they're violating your universal rights. Um, they have to provide a path to get out from under this nonsense. But there it is. Everyone in the chat room, have a good night, and I'll uh, I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Thanks again, Wayne. Oh, no problem. Just as an interesting aside, uh, the great state of Rhode Island, you know what it says on their sign when you drive in there? It says, welcome to Rhode Island. It's not really an island. It's not really a road I think, either. I think it actually says explore beautiful Rhode Island or something. But that, there's a whole other story. When we when we drove up to New Hampshire to get the puppies, I started saying, hey, man, where's all the state signs? Did the states change? I started questioning it. And so I said, well, when we go back to Massachusetts, because when you're in Rhode Island, you go through three states to go anywhere most of the time. Um, you're certainly going into Massachusetts. Um, the, then we saw the signs, but they're different too because they're the artistic signs, not the old green highway signs that inform you you're changing a state line. Uh, and we notice that. But anyhow, I'll let you guys close out. Everyone in the chat room, I'll see you again on Thursday. There it is, man. All right, Crow. Cheers. All right, Wayne, I'm going to finish up here and uh, we'll sign off because we're, we're, we're here and we didn't really get to the Agenda 21 thing too, too much. So maybe this is a Wednesday show. You and I can really tear this apart and get into some more transhumanism, too. And uh, I actually asked our friend, Dr. Kaufman, Dr. Andy Kaufman, if he's into this uh, transhumanism research at all. And he said, yes, he is interested in it. So it's something I'm going to talk to Crow about. And uh, maybe maybe we could bring you in on that one as well. We'll see how that goes, if we can get an episode on transhumanism from somebody who, again, is a medical doctor and, and might actually have uh, a point of view that all of us might not have been able to experience. So that's something that I would like to do for the future. Uh, I'm going to finish writing the television manipulation episode. I'm about half done with that. That's going to be an upcoming episode. And let's see, where was I going to go? Oh, uh, our friend Brett, the maestro. Uh, I just recorded with him. He wanted to do, you know, uh, is everyone familiar that, that Brett Dietz, uh, prof professor of music, does these little art pieces, these little video art pieces, and he's predominantly a percussionist, although he's also a piano player and several other things, uh, where he does these little truther art pieces, I guess you'd say, and I made an actual Facebook page for him if you're not familiar. Uh, it's, it's just Brett William Dietz is his full name. That's what it is. I made that for him in the couple of videos he's made already I've put up there, but he wanted to do another one and asked me to take part in it, which I happily agreed to, and he wanted to do a cover of Frank Zappa's I'm the Slime, and I added some guitar and lots of vocals on it, and he got the final version that I mixed and mastered yesterday, and he absolutely loves it. So we're going to be cutting a video for that where we're going to be doing it together as well. So that's a new fun little thing from, from our side of things that you'll get to get a kick out of and see if you like <laughs> how crazy I went on this track with our friend Brett. But anyway, Wayne, I saw some folks asking about your books and things like that. So why don't you tell everybody who you are on the off chance they've been living in a tree and just don't know? All right. Uh, well, my name is Wayne McRoy, and that's spelled M-C-capital-R-O-Y. Uh, my books are available on Amazon or at pretty much any other fine book retailer at this point. My first book is called The Alchemical Tech Revolution, uh, Fulfilling Ancient Esoteric Agendas Through the Use of High Technology. My more recent book is called The Autism Epidemic, Transhumanism's Dirty Little Secret. And uh, I'm currently working on my third book, which I hope to have out by the close of summertime here. But uh, we'll see, uh, you know, how much longer all this nonsense we're living in today progresses because a lot of that's getting included in the book, too, because it just goes hand in hand with uh, the things I'm writing about. So uh, we'll go from there. I also have a Facebook page called Files from the Conspiratorium if people want to check that out. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty much... I've been around the, the gauntlet here lately, uh, had a really busy week, just appeared in my first feature-length documentary that I've been in, and uh, I also just recorded a show with Freeman Fly, uh, which just released yesterday as well, so people could check those out as well. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Crow Triple Seven Live. Uh, join Wayne and myself this Wednesday. I'll be announcing the topic probably in the next day or so, what we'll be going over, and then of course... Crow Triple Seven Radio will be releasing the episode with Alphonse, episode 222, on Thursday. That's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you so very much for being here, and we will see you soon. 
enemy of knowing.